Hello. After quite the pause, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Borders. In today's episode, we have a chat with South Welsh rock band Paradise Now. Now, I've known Ben, Sam and Nathan for a very long time and have followed various music projects that they've done in the past. But it was great to sit down with them and learn more about Paradise Now, their story, their process and some embarrassing moments too. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure you go and check out Paradise Now on social media at Paradise Now Official. Go and listen to their new album, We Never Die. It is incredible. And shout out, as always, to Created by Jack for all our graphic design work. This is Breaking Borders. Well, let's go. Let's get into it then. Right, sound. Okay, so Paradise Now, Sam. Nathan, Ben, welcome to Breaking Borders. Um, it's, good, it's good to have you on here. Um, I haven't seen you boys in a while. I ran with you, Nathan, a couple of months ago, but uh, apart from that, I haven't seen haven't seen you all in uh, in ages. So, um, I mean, I've known you for quite some time and know a lot of your background as far as you know, the music and stuff goes. But you know, I want you to to talk to us now. Like, you know, we don't know anything about you, and I want you to take us all back to the beginning. We know you just released an album, uh, We Never Die, last month. Um, but how did you get to this point? You know, where, you know, where did your involvement uh, in the music industry first begin? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> where to start, man? Well, <clears throat> I guess I started as a fan of Sam Taylor, who is this guy, our lead singer. Uh, started, but not anymore. Yeah, not, not a fan anymore. After years of touring, I'm no longer <laughs> a Sam Taylor fan. No, I... I, my interest in music and like in the music industry, I have no idea when that started, but me and Sam started playing music together uh, like 10 years ago. And I used to be a fan and used to go watch him and your brother play in a local pub yeah. and they were looking for a drummer. Or I think I actually maybe forced my way in and kicked the old drummer out of the band. <laughs> um, and I, so played my first show with them. At Hobos, which for those of you who aren't Bridgen locals, is a heavy metal venue. And I took an electric Roland drum kit and looked like an absolute idiot and hated every minute of the show <laughs> and uh, vowed never to play again. And then the following week, went to see a band called Need to Breathe play. And I was like, well, if live music can be like that, then I'm in. I want to play. Yes. So that was the start of my music career. I was, I was at both those gigs. Both, both both great gigs in fairness i mean I, I did prefer the need to breathe gig in fairness but i can guarantee our gig was way worse than need to breathe um but then yes yeah, so me and sam have been playing music 10 years and then the project we're doing now uh, is called paradise now and uh we've been going for like two years signed to an american record label and just loving every minute anything i missed no, I don't think so. I was just going to say at the beginning when... Oh, cheers. <laughs> I went full lead singer diva moment then. <laughs> um, at the beginning when uh, when introduced and said that he went on a run with you, was that the run that me and Ben were su- supposed to be on and just, just bailed? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't 
run is very ambitious as well. I crawled because when you kicked my ass, and <laughs> I remember one point being like, bro, I, I can't talk right now. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> I was like, please, I, I can't keep talking a second. Just get, wait until we're at the top of the hill. But yeah. <laughs> Mate, uh, that's the first time I've been a cry grabber though. And it's, it's well nice up there. I've, uh, I need to go again. I still haven't been since. It's banging. Ben is the king of Craig Rabber. He finds all the most difficult routes and he's like, oh, I'll meet you back at the car. Runs off for another 10K and still beats me back to the car. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, boys, where did the name Paradise Now come from? And were there any like close running names uh, when it came to deciding upon uh, that, that name? Or Is this the interview that we're allowed to ream off some of the, the ones that made the cutting room floor? Probably not. <laughs> The PG lit, yeah. Um, well, so yeah, as Nathan said, we've been doing music for quite a while. Um, it, it it looks very different now than what it was when we started. Yeah. And um, yeah, we so we wrote a song called Baptist and recorded it, and that was like the shift of like the 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 style and the genre. And um, that song uh, was like almost like the the key to getting in the door with um, a label um, and and starting that relationship. And then when that happened, we were we saw that as an opportunity to maybe kind of rebrand ourselves because um, like in the years previous, we were doing some festivals and. Yeah. It's cut for me as well. Uh. Yeah, it's cut for me. Sorry, we'll just go back to it once we come we back. Were. And so we thought. Sorry, sorry, Sam, you cut out a bit then. Um, you oh. just, when you said you did, you did Baptist and then you cut with a label and then you did a festival. Um, oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, it's all good. Um, everyone, everyone's gone to turn their Wi-Fi off on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> ben just, um, Ben just rolling back in like guilty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we uh, we were like playing festivals and the blurb about the band was saying like from banjos to electric guitars. And it was like, well, you know, it's, it's very different from that. And um, people could see Baptist, but then also some of the old stuff that we had done. And so we just, there was an opportunity to kind of like start start again and rebrand. And, um, and so, yeah, Paradise Now came about because, yeah, there, there's, there's like... We, we firstly love the name uh, we yeah. feel like it, it's a song that really kind of matches the energy and the vibrance that that the that we have um mm. have now but like it's it's basically just um like we believe that in any situation uh, that you find yourself in that we find ourselves in um there's an opportunity to find some paradise in that moment mm. um you know even just looking at this last kind of lockdown period and the pandemic has been really really rough on musicians um yeah and uh but you know when we look back at the time that we've had we've, we've still had some amazing moments where we've kind of pushed ourselves um pushed ourselves to learn new skills so that we can still function and adapt and and look back at this time and actually are quite grateful for some of the space that we've had and so um yeah that's that's it and we want to we want like our audience our fans to um to to when they come see us at a show or listen to us on spotify like they, we wanted to have that sense of of paradise yeah. when they listen and that's quite a bold statement but we nice. want we want that to them to experience that musically but also through the lyrics as well so yeah that's quality 
That's that's deep as well. To be fair, I wasn't I'm expecting starting, that. I'm starting. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I, I was just thinking, Paradise Now sounds good. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, so, there was, exactly. so there wasn't any close runners, any sort of maybes or. Um, not that we can repeat. No, <laughs> it was. I remember at one point we were running with the the word priorities, and it was a bit like Don Broco sort of. Yeah. And yeah, it didn't really stick. Um, yeah, Paradise Now, it kind of stuck. I think it was just a random idea. We were just throwing about for new band names. But like band names go in and out of fashion. So it's more comics. But I guess if you're a good band, you make the name good. So I think we're still trying yeah. to get over that hurdle. But <laughs> one day, one day we can get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true though, isn't it? Like you have so many bands, like you know, Coldplay and Arctic Monkeys. You know, when when they were probably rising up, you were thinking, you know, why on earth do they call themselves that? But you know, yeah. they they got so good that they made it cool. So I tell you, know. you what, we're still waiting on actually is you know, like every band's name, someone comes up with like a shorter version. Like I'm off to see. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, Tina's. Oh yeah, yeah. Tina's. We call Tina's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're still waiting on like some someone to come up with a cool. Like hipster <laughs> short version. The Nowies. The Nowies. The Paradisers. Pinot. I mean, yeah. Close to the Olympics. Pinot Rice. Pinot's. Yeah. So, so go, picking up from, you know, obviously what you said about sort of like learning those sort of new skills and having to adapt being, you know, locked down and stuff, you know, releasing an album, you know, when you probably couldn't go externally to producers and things uh, in the same way that you would have been able to in, um, you know, in, well, I, was, I was about to say peace times, but I realized I'm not the prime minister. <laughs> but, um, but Pre-pandemic. <laughs> So Ben, while you've got the mic, I believe that this is your sort of area of expertise. How, how did you sort of... Oh, absolutely. Um... Um, <laughs> so the thing is, though, that the interesting thing is that we were like album writing before. Uh, as you mentioned, we went into non-peace times, or whatever it was, <laughs> um, before the war started. <laughs> so it was mainly like lockdown was more of a delay for our situation. And so I guess the options either were let's just put everything on hold um, and just when we come out of it, we'll just pick it up then. Or it was like, right, we can either work on our trade a bit. Uh, We weren't really in a position where we could like completely change the album, um, which at some points was a bit frustrating. But at points it's like, no, you've you've created that. Like that's your own sort of art and just Mm -hmm. release it and, somebody's gonna dig it surely um <laughs> but we had the opportunity through the label to like complete like release our own music just comp- like out of our own bedroom and yeah. i think that was something that originally scared us a bit because it's something we've never done before and also like realizing a lot of other people are going to be doing this as well like i think yeah. one of the good things about lockdown is that people have been able to create stuff just like out of their own backyard so to speak mm-hmm. um but then there's also that like competition side of it. It's like, you know, yeah. if we're releasing if we're releasing some music that we've just recorded in our bedroom and another band that we don't know really well are doing the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly the whole competition level just goes out the window because you're like producing it yourself. Yeah. But it was a good opportunity for us to like test ourselves, 
release some stuff that we wouldn't normally release like the the stuff that we little ep we released during lockdown was more kind of like programmed less live sounds type of vibe because we couldn't go to a studio and like record live drums so we just had to do everything like electronic um and it was good it was a challenge and like there was definitely um a good outcome from it and like we're still going to use those songs to uh we were just chatting like you know 20 minutes ago about how can we use that those bits of like music in our set um but it's good i think lockdown has almost come up with like a new sort of genre like bands are having to produce yeah. their own sort of thing and maybe maybe music that they wouldn't normally produce. And I think that's just exciting because it should, like it gives bands opportunity to release and play music that they wouldn't normally play sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, so you've, you've alluded to uh, being signed by a record label, Tooth and Nail. Um, for somebody that isn't at all involved in the music industry, could you sort of give the listeners and myself a little bit more information as to what that actually means being signed to a record label firstly means that we've all got a ton of money now um <laughs> and we just turned up on our boats private boats um you know the, i think the main thing was that it's like you confirm to yourself that you're actually doing something right yeah i know that sounds really weird but the fact that someone because obviously money i, I did joke but money is a part of it because mm-hmm. you know these I know sometimes there's this whole like negative view of record labels and they're just trying to use you for your product and make yourself money, which yeah. I know, you know, there are like horror stories about it, but Tooth and yeah. Nail have just been super supportive and they've like thrown money into stuff, um, which is like, it just confirms that, you know, they believe in the product. So it just means that like that, you know, an album, when you strip back, like how much an album should cost, like that's a lot of work yeah um so like that was a huge blessing and it just means that there's someone supporting us not just financially but there's that um like relationship out in the states you know most bands would dream of having like that relationship out in america where you can um you know this freedom big open world <laughs> and, and, and guns and everything yeah. all the stuff that we're into um but yeah, it's you know what the thing I've mainly take from it is that they actually believe in the music. Like, yeah, you know, when you go to a gig and you pay for a ticket, like you put giving your own money away. When you buy merch, you're putting your own money into it. And like, mm-hmm. money is like a personal thing. So if someone's investing into your band, yeah, then, yeah. then they believe in it, which is which is nice. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's that's class. Like, have that relationship, you know. I guess is open so many doors for you to just be able to, you know, hop over, hop over the sea and just get out there and do some touring and have that sort of support over there. Is so like, have you got any plans to sort of get back, back, back over in America soon? Cause I know you've been there a few times and. Before the war started, we did. Um, and then we, we were literally out. If you want a bit of a sob story, we were literally out living the dream on a tour bus, like traveling through the States. I think we were, three or four shows into like a nearly 50 date tour oh and man then, i remember this yeah, it was like right let's fly home and just you know i guess shelter yeah i mean you could say that we've done it i guess we did a little bit of it like you know it's four more shows than we originally would have so where were you at the time nashville i'm gonna pass over to knife <laughs> so 
at the time we found out we couldn't go back, I was on my parents' sofa watching the news. And when they announced the news, I don't think I've ever been so low. Like, it was just an emotional roller coaster and it was horrendous. Mm. But that, like, that lowness lasted. Is that, is lowness a word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? We'll that it. depression, that sadness, that awful pit in my stomach lasted for about 30 seconds. Because after 30 seconds after finding out, a ping on my phone happened. And I opened it to uh, what I thought was a very serious message. And it wasn't a serious message. It was a picture of a black man that was going around at the time of COVID (laughs) showing a large part of his anatomy. (laughs) And so that instantly turned my frown upside down. And the sadness lasted for all of 30 seconds because that was just an epic picture. It did. It broke a lot of things. broke a lot of things and my sadness was one of them <laughs> i'm unsure what you mean what what broke things i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's i'm sure that broke a few things yeah next <laughs> <laughs> so moving forward then post post war now we're now we're here what are your goals as a band short term oh, yeah. long term did ask ben what our plans are yeah. um oh man the main goal at the moment is to get out on tour. So we're currently planning a tour for January um, with the view of just getting back on it and getting back to playing live, really. Yeah. Um, we're kind of, well, we try and always write music, but we've realized that releasing an album takes up a lot of resource. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, who, who would have thought it? <laughs> um, so we like had this goal of like, Let's release the album, but also be making music as well. This is our little studio we we rent. And the goal was like, yeah, release the album, continue writing songs. It'll be great. And we really haven't had a chance to write in a little while because we've just been so focused on press and promoting the album and making marketing materials, which we've done totally in-house. Um so yeah, I guess like get back to writing, get back to playing live, the the heartbeat of what we do, I suppose. Nice. Mm. So it's sort of do you when when you're looking at your goals and what you want to be doing, do you like to sort of set specific numbers like on on the things you want to do? Because I remember I remember when we were um playing the things, we, we try and think about you know five years, ten years, and that went well, didn't it? But you know, <laughs> do you like do you like to put specific numbers on it, like X amount of albums, X capacity venues, or, or do you just want to sort of trust the process? You know, what what's the sort of what's the sort of vibe that you uh you go for? Yeah, I think I think we've found that it's definitely good to set goals because like that's that's definitely something that keeps you productive and keeps your eyes fixed on things. Um, it can easily just, you can easily like, yeah, you can easily just slot into a position and a place and be comfortable there. Um, I think like being on the tour bus in America is definitely a comfortable place (laughs) and, um, we could have, yeah, just stayed in and coming home, we kind of forced our hands to actually kind of buck up our, our ideas, and um and and press in a bit but i think what so one of the themes one of the big themes of the album um is what you said is actually like trust in the process sure. um, like you know when 
when we look back on our journey as a band, if we were at the point we are now, maybe a few years ago, it probably would have been really detrimental either to the band or to us individually, mm. um, just with like various situations of life um, or kind of like things that we needed to sort emotionally or mentally before we got to this position. Um, and, and yeah, just like knowing that the things that we're learning on the journey are important for the next steps. Um, but you're in, you are in control of the journey. Like, you know, it's not a case of just sitting here and just waiting for things to come. <laughs> we're in control of how fast or how slow we get there. And, and so kind of like what we do along that, along that timeline is really, um, is really important and so yeah like we've just released an album it'd be great to just be like ah sweet you know that's a big tick off off the list that's the big thing off the bucket list and we've had some really good feedback let's just wait now we've got um uh, like we we've we've got plans to do another album let's just uh just just enjoy this time and then we'll hit another album but actually like now more than ever is when we need to press in because we've got this amazing, you know, this thing that we're really proud of this product and this thing that we've poured mm. our life into and um, this, let's use it to get to the next step. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a, it's a balance of the both definitely of setting those targets, but also trusting the process as well. Mm -hmm. well that makes sense. So I know you mentioned that you're going to be hopefully touring again in January. Will that be in America or the UK? No. Nah, so this one is going to be in the UK. Right. We're hoping to hit the big cities like uh, Bridgend. And <laughs> no, um, no, I think I think we'll definitely do a hometown show. It's yeah. calling our hometown show Cardiff because that's the biggest. That well, I, I live in Cardiff now, so it's def I just want to walk to the, to the venue basically. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, a couple of other the big cities around the UK. Um, we 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 want to be a UK based band. We've yeah, got yeah, yeah. obviously the backing in America, and it's amazing. Um, but we love being here. Um, we love, I think there's like there's the even though it's a smaller, smaller geographic place mm -hmm. there's like more there's more reward in being like uh, a successful band in the uk i don't know what it is yeah. i couldn't tell you exactly what it is but something about just like i think also you've got to really earn it with british people you've got yeah, to earn yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> like we, we we played a show in america that was like no one knew who we were um and it was just at this amazing venue that normally just gets loads of people in and like there was a hundred people there and they never heard us before. They absolutely loved it. And we sold out of merch before we even started playing. Oh, wow. I was like, you would just never get that in the UK. You just get, <laughs> you get like three guys stood in front of you, just like impress me. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably, yeah, we just want to just smash it over here. And it means uh, we'll definitely go back out. We love the States. We miss it so much. But um, yeah, we're going to focus a little bit next year. Oh, on, yeah. on on that uh, in a similar vein to that point there, when uh, when me and the boys went out to America, we played. Oh, a gig me and the boys. In, um, <laughs> and we played we played a gig uh, out there. Literally, it sold out, and no one knew who we were. Like, and we were like headlining it, and then we came back to the UK, 
the week after we played in the fleece in Bristol. And I kid you not, I know there's a saying, but I kid you not, there was literally only a man and his dog there. No. <laughs> Just out the back. No way. Oh, bro. Yeah. Savage. It's, it's, it's like self-torture being a band in the UK almost, isn't it? Yeah, it is. When you just travel hours and hours to get somewhere, you're like, oh, it'd be a good show. And then everyone's like there for like their mate's band and then everyone just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you mentioned, you, obviously, I know it was cut short uh, in America, but do you have any touring memories or any funny stories from, from your tour? Or, or any tour previous that sort of yeah, sticks yeah. out, that, like your all-time favorite anything that you maybe could share that uh really feel like about pg i feel like i can see the cogs uh turning <laughs> head, yeah. So many, man. yeah there there were some crazy stories from america like when one show we we got back on the bus uh, we weren't we were driving our own van but basically um we had the we had the van and the headline act had their own bus and any excuse we had to go on the bus and chill was we were just like as soon as we finished playing we were on their bus because they had like an xbox and stuff and we so we were chilling on on the bus after the gig and the a headline act came back on um and uh, i asked the lead singer i was like oh how do you how, how do you enjoy the show and he's like well i didn't die and i was like <laughs> okay and then goes on to tell this really long story about this crazy fan who like it was basically involves um, a lawsuit and rollerblading 15 minutes from an airport. No, miles. Yeah, 20 miles from an airport to get to the show. And um, yeah, it, and like we had no idea this happened before we start before the show. Um, but he told us afterwards. And so that was like a bit of an insight into American fandom. Um, <laughs> that was quite wild. Any other stories you're thinking of? Uh, just the whole like being on a tour bus is kind of mental um like you just wake up at a venue and the driver's like oh i killed a deer with the bus last night <laughs> did anyone feel it and it's like no i suppose because i all i remember for the past six hours through the night is just this down the road just bobbling up and down like yeah yeah um just couldn't sleep on the bus um the other like other I mean, stuff always goes wrong, like always. I feel like the life of a musician is just a constant, well, I've learned that lesson. I'll try not to learn that one again. And then you, the same thing goes wrong again or like a new thing fails and breaks. And like, I feel like the journey of a musician is so humbling because stuff breaks all the time. But we played um, this massive festival in America and we opened the main stage and everyone was saying it was this like really big deal um and we got on stage and the entire crowd disappeared before we started playing <laughs> because we later found out that basically when the festival starts people like rush in put like tarpaulins and chairs and stuff oh, down, and then leave and go and enjoy like the festival and then come back to the main stage later uh, so, like un uncle nobed on on holiday with the sunburns yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's just americans like <laughs> They're, yeah, a nation of Uncle Norbeds. Um, <laughs> You're supposed yeah. to be winning this nation overnight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. There's a good story about visa denials as well. But so they leave. And so if that's not disheartening enough, like there's what should have been tens of thousands is like a few hundred people right in front of the stage. 
And so I look after like our backing tracks for our live set and it's triggered by this thing that you don't need to know what it is, but it's <laughs> triggered by this thing. And I hit this thing and it triggers the next song. So we start playing and I look to my left and I just notice that it's like shaking. That it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's a Roland drum pad and the dr drum pad is like shaking. And I'm like, oh, that looks sketchy. <laughs> anyway, we keep playing the songs and we're halfway through a song and it's like this massive gang vocal part. No, it's, it, we're halfway through a song and the next track triggers because the Roland thing falls on the floor. Oh. And in the middle of just a regular song, this massive choir gang vocal starts playing. <laughs> and the few hundred that were in the crowd quickly just are like, what on earth is going oh, on? No. And, and by the end of the show, I, I literally wanted to crawl into a hole and die. <laughs> So that was a bad story from tour. I don't know if we got any embarrassing ones. Ben's fallen over on stage. Nice. Sam's fallen off stage. <laughs> I don't know. What does that tour, is, tour is just crazy. It's relentless. It's really, really hard work. Yeah. Um, oh, I got, a, I got one more good story. <laughs> we were flying British Airways and... Uh, I'm gluten intolerant. So I uh, I like tick the whole like, yeah, I can't eat gluten. So give, give me a gluten free meal on my on the flight. And my meal arrives and it says gluten free on it in big letters. And I start eating it. And then an air hostess comes up to me and is like, oh, hey, that's not gluten free. Mm. And I'm like, oh, great. This isn't going to be good tomorrow then. So um the whole drama happens on the plane about them giving me the gluten in the meal. And it is what it is. The next day we're doing a podcast. Oh. And, um, and so we sit down and get ready for the podcast, just like this. I'm like, ah, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go to the toilet right before we start the podcast. I need a wee. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I just go for a wee. I walk out into the hallway, toilets at the bottom of the, toilets at the bottom of the corridor. I think, oh, I need a fart. So, because <laughs> that's what everyone thinks when you need to drop one. So I'm on my way to the toilet, and I think, well, I'll just prematurely let rip on my way to the toilet, <laughs> fart, and my other end has a mind of its own. It's not a fart. It's the whole nine yards. It's the whole caboose. <laughs> and it is an explosion, a gluten explosion in my trousers. And I get to the toilet. I literally strip off butt naked and put my underwear in the bin. Luckily, everything else was intact. I just washed myself down in a sink oh and walk back to the podcast and proceed to tell the boys what had happened. <laughs> and then we just continue the podcast. How did you forget about that? <laughs> forget about that story oh, i mean there's there's probably loads of stories that we've forgotten about on the road never forget that's the paradise now poo cast the thing is now is that's become like a lucky charm for him so now he always does interviews without pants or just poos so, himself before it yeah yeah oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> always has poo in the day before yeah. free podcast on, poo on yeah <laughs> Right, lads, before we uh, wrap things up, we want to do, we thought it'd be quite fun to do some sort of quick fire questions. 
Um, and we've got like quite a, quite a lot of them. So me and Dan are going to ask one each. Dan, have you got yours in front of you? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So we're going to ask one each, and you're going to go. Da- you're going to do one question down the line each. Okay. So you're going to have to be hot on the mic here. And I want the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. Yeah. Right. When you're not working, how do you like to spend your time? PlayStation Four. <laughs> what was the first concert you attended? Uh, Iron Maiden. What's your favorite book? Such a good answer. Uh, it's not. I was gonna say Wuthering Heights. I don't know why. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. I'm under pressure. It is the Great Gatsby. Nice. Favorite word. Gooch. (laughs) What was your first job? Gooch. (laughs) Uh, I was a, a waiter. Very unsuccessful. What was your most used emoji? Eggplant. <laughs> nice. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Uh, Paralympic rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Hidden talent. Hidden talent. Um... Gooch. Hidden talent. Um... I think I can figure out the time without looking at a clock. <laughs> Go on, then. What's the time? Uh, five to eight. Ten past. <laughs> if you had to eat one thing for every meal going forward, what would you eat? Curry. Curry. Brave. <laughs> that is brave. And again, I panic in. I wouldn't eat curry. <laughs> if you could instantly become an expert in something, what would it be? Uh, I was going to say chivalry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, uh, boat making. Uh, <laughs> knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Um, oh, I can't get that answer. Um, don't sit next to Nath on a flight when he's eating gluten. <laughs> <laughs> what job would you be terrible at? Uh, the hotel, like concierge, the one that greets people. Mr. Mosby. Like just, just like being really ha- nice and happy to every single person that comes through the door. Yeah, it's yeah. the deeds. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> yeah. uh, what does success mean to you? Oh, success. How do you define it? <sighs> money. Yeah, I don't know. Money, success. What's it mean? Success, success, success to me just would mean freedom, I suppose. Nice, yeah, I like it. Good answer. Nice. What are some of your favorite songs? So pass the mic between you and just quick fire. I hope what of our songs? Yes. I hope it never ends is my favorite song. Okay. Uh, Haunt myself is a tune. I hope it never ends. Nice. If you didn't, if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with the spare time? PlayStation 4. No. <laughs> um, uh, more music. Yeah, that's such a cliche thing, but genuinely, more music. It's, I love it. And I wish we could do it full time. <laughs> Quality. That's it, boys. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Respect. Breaking Let's borders. Go.
is there anything, <laughs> boys, is there anything that you want to sort of plug? Anything that come in? Where can we find you on social media and everything like that for people who? Uh, this who... year is a complete write-off, so don't bother. <laughs> um, no, we so we obviously we just released the album, and there'll be more. We got some official music videos coming nice. up. Nice. They'll be plastered everywhere, hopefully, all over YouTube. We have we have some overpriced merch. That looks really, really good, though. It, it is very nice in fitness. It does look lovely. Yeah. Uh, basically, just go at Paradise Now. Is it Paradise Now Official on Instagram? At Paradise Now Official on Instagram. Hit the link tree and just find out what you want to find out nice. about us. I like it. And please come to a show because getting people to shows is the hardest thing ever. So mm-hmm. we've got a tour coming up in January. Please come to it. I'm nice. there in for sure. All your links will be in the show notes below and we will be sure to post anything that you post on our Instagram. Cheers for that, lads. Cheers, lads. Nice one, boys. Thank you. Brilliant. Catch you later.